1: asked me a question. And he said, what do you want? And while I was still trying to answer that, he said, what do you need? Then I saw that he was going somewhere. So he said, do you want what you want? Or do you want what you need? Come with me to Acts chapter 3. We'll take the first 10 verses. Let's read together, everybody. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful. To ask alms from those who enter the temple, who seen Peter and John about to go into the temple, Asked for arms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have. But what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. And all the people saw him, walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who sat burging arms, At the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Let's bow our heads as we go to the Lord in prayer. This story concludes that this man went about walking, leaping, and praising God. And then those who saw him said, this is a wonder. This is amazing. I want you to ask the Lord. Do things in my life today that people will take note of. Do things in my life today that will cause me not just to walk, but to leap, to jump, and to praise God. Lord, let your word bring to me what I need. That thing that you know that I need, I receive it, O oh Lord. The entrance of your word brings light. And it gives understanding. Let your word bring light. Let it bring illumination. Let it bring healing. Let it bring salvation. Let it bring deliverance. Let the power in your word walk in me and work for me in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you. We trust that all this and more you will do. By the power of your Holy Spirit, we give you the praise in advance. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Praise the Lord. Okay, so I've actually preached the sermon, but um, we go into just um, analysis. What do you want? What do you need? Brothers and sisters, only the designer, only the maker, the manufacturer, of a product can know what it needs. Only the manufacturer of a product can know what it will need. Only the manufacturer of a product can tell what it does not need. Along the line, the product might think it needs, you know, a thing or two, or might think it doesn't need a thing or two. But if you go to any product, you know, um, I was looking at some things, I don't want to betray myself, but I was looking at some things and I began to read more on them. And I realized that the lifespan of those things that I'm looking at could get to almost 10 times the average lifespan everybody enjoys of it. And I realized that what was the problem was that many users of this product don't consult the manual. So they give it what they think it needs. And they don't bother to find out what does the maker of this product say it needs. Okay, let me just open myself. I'm looking at cars. Praise the Lord. (laughs) Hallelujah. And I realize that a lot of vehicles can do 400,000 miles. But for you to achieve that, you have to take the manual and read it. You see, a lot of things in the manual will tell you what you think you don't need. i give you a simple illustration. I believe most of us here use an automatic transmission vehicle. It says at about 30,000 to 40,000 kilometers or miles, you should change the transmission oil. Now, there is no time a gauge is going to come up on your vehicle and say change transmission oil. It won't. But as it wears up, what begins to happen is that the lubrication and effectiveness of the lubricant goes down and your transmission begins to wear out. There's the timing belt. After another about maybe 40,000 miles, you should change it. You see, if you change these things in time, you will have basically a new product. But you see, I don't even recall seeing anywhere where they said, wash your car every day. You know, in Nigeria, we wash cars some two times a day. That's why you bring a car that has spent 10 years in the U.S. It comes here after two years. It's looking faded. We have washed off the paint. Nobody washes cars like that outside of this country. But you see, if you don't wash it, your friends will say, oh, boy, your car dead you. So you have people, drivers, suffering every day with brush, scrubbing it. But the things that it needs, engine oil. For some of us, the engine oil, when it comes out from our car, it looks like quota Because it's been there. As long as the car starts, you're pushing it. The day you change it, the thing will be quota. Now, you know why you don't bother? Because you don't feel it. You're doing what it wants. You put the air fresheners. You wash the car. You know, you do all kinds of things, but the thing that the car needs, the maker of the vehicle needs to make it to last long, you don't you, you don't bother about it. Because, like we may say, it's not pressing on you. It's not pressing. So we have in an account here the story of a man, and whenever you read the Bible and the Bible says a certain man, it means it's talking about all of us. Praise the Lord. It says a certain man. Born lame from his mother's womb. It means he's saying something that is, you can't extricate yourself from. We are not told this man did something to become lame. He was born in it. And immediately the picture that comes to my mind is the picture of the psalmist, David, saying, In sin did my word, Mother conceived me. You see, the mistake a lot of people have or have made over time it's the thing that being a sinner is something to be ashamed of. No, being a sinner is something to exit from. It is a born condition. Everybody born into this world is born a sinner. Part of the things that I remembered also recently that has been touching me and, you know, causing gratitude to well up in my heart is I remember about 27 years ago or so when the Lord, you know, met me a sinner and did some work in me. Okay, so... A born condition is not something to be ashamed of. God have mercy on us. When we were younger, it was some people that had, you know, polio or things like that. You know, children, naughty children would laugh at them. Thinking that it was by their making that their legs were bent or something. But, But it was ignorance. Because these children or these persons didn't do anything. It was just they found themselves in that situation. Praise the Lord. And, you know, a lot of us in life today might be killing ourselves, you know, beating ourselves because of what I call this morning, born condition. So this man was born lame. There's nothing he could do. That's why we're told here, from his mother's womb. It wasn't that he was, you know, climbing a mango tree or trying to, you know, get some, you know, get some excitement or something from somewhere, and then he fell. No, he was born in that condition. And the people around this man decided to keep helping him and what help were they giving to this man the bible said every day they carried him and brought him to the gate of the temple called beautiful and then they laid him at this gate and if they asked his family people where is for today's sake what name should we call the man who wants to offer his name okay let's call him labaja praise the lord Where is Labaja? They'll say Labaja has gone to the gate. Beautiful. Are they lying? Isn't that where he is? Now, if you heard something like that about Labaja, what would you think? He must have a beautiful situation. Praise the Lord. Why? Because he's in a place called beautiful. And as I looked at this, the Spirit of God said... Tell the people that want to run away from Nigeria. It's not everybody in Denmark. It's not everybody in UK. It's not everybody in Singapore. It's not everybody in the US. It's not everybody in, the, in Canada that their situations are beautiful. Praise the Lord. You know here, abroad means beautiful. This thing is from abroad. Though, is the conclusion of every argument. <laughs> I remember when we were growing up. Every tailor had to be either London trained, French trained. Isn't it? London train, even babas started having London train baba. You see, he has. If it's not from abroad, it can be beautiful. Anyway, so this man was at a gate called beautiful, and if one did not analyze the story, one would envy him. I want to beg you this morning: be careful who you envy. Are you hearing me? The house might be called beautiful, but you don't know what is going on inside. The Bible says to the man: it is better to dwell in the corner. On a rooftop than to dwell what? With a contentious woman. And the women will tell you better. It's better to be in your father's house than to live with a man who is Dick Tiger. Okay, you will know Dick Tiger. Um, Money Mayweather. Yeah, so it's better to just be in your father's house than to be in a house, beautiful house. And your husband is Money Mayweather. Praise the Lord. People will see, oh, beautiful, oh, beautiful, oh, beautiful, beautiful. But the man was lame. Many things appear beautiful outside, but there is lameness inside. Somebody will be delivered today. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. So this man was at this place, at this gate, called Beautiful. And every day, he would come, sit down, and people would be passing And as people pass, he will ask them for alms. Now, the Jewish religion encourages; it's basically a bit more like, you know, what the Muslims do. They believe that giving alms, it's very essential for righteousness. Now, as believers also, God encourages us that we must give to the poor. In fact, the Bible says that he that gives to the poor lends to the Lord. And in another place, it says he that does not, or he who mocks the poor he Who ignores the needs of the poor, mocks his maker. You know, some so the poor is of interest to God. Praise the Lord. So, however, in this case, now giving to the poor was a measure of your righteousness. A few of us in Nigeria will recall many years ago there were some beggars that were taken off the streets in Lagos, and the government wanted to make provision to take care of them. They refused because you see, at that Maryland junction, how many of us know Maryland? The place was profitable. Praise the Lord. The money that we are making from begging, government could not give them. So they said to government, We don't need your help. So this man must have been, you know, a prosperous beggar. Praise the Lord. So every morning he will set up his shop, you know, set up his shop, sit down, and then money will be coming. Money will be coming. So on this faithful day, which I pray for somebody will be today in Jesus' name. This man set up his shop, you know, business as usual. And the next thing we see happening was that two men came, Peter and John. These two men remind me of myself. Do you know that I've gone to the airport to pick somebody, British Airways, about five in the morning? I didn't have money. See, the wall of you are looking at me. It doesn't happen to you, Abby. Not that I didn't have money. I don't carry money because I left many years ago. I wear suit all the time. So if you wear suit and put money your pockets, will bulge. You'll be looking like my people. You know, my people, uh-huh. okay, so I don't carry money on me if I have a suitcase or something. So I don't carry money on me. This morning, I just went. It was five something. I was going to pick someone coming in with British Airways. You know, I looked at the man at the gate. I didn't know what to tell. I said, I'm sorry, yo. I don't have money. He looked at me and he paid for me. There was no other way. He knew that I could, I just told him, okay, the truth is that I, for, I don't have any money on me. He just smiled and let me go. Maybe I'm not the only one. Maybe you've done the same thing. Praise the Lord. Anyway, so Peter and John came out. But their case wasn't that they forgot. When the man asked them, some translation said, a nickel we don't have. So the man said, you know, you're passing, give me your own. And they looked at the man and said, we don't have silver Or gold. We have nothing like that to give you. And you could almost, you know, picture the man's disappointment. You could almost, you know, feel the man's disappointment. And he'll be wishing, now, if you don't have money, please pass quickly. That's what the man must have told. Okay, you don't have money, please. But while they were there, they were trying to bring out something. The man was saying, please. He didn't say it out to them. But in his heart was saying, "I have no business with people who don't have what money." I'm looking at some single sisters. May the Lord deliver you. Please have business with people who don't have money, and no romance without. Not for spiritual people, though. A man of vision. Praise God. So, <laughs> Hallelujah. It's not just the ladies themselves; their parents also say, "I met Johnny." Say, Johnny, okay, where does he work? Hallelujah. Verse 3, verse 3 says, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked for arms and fixing his eyes on him with John. Peter said, verse 3, look at us. So the man gave his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold, I do not have. I'm sorry, I do not have. However, I said, what I do have, what will I do? He says, I'm going to give to you. I'm going to give to you. And this is where the meat of the message God has for somebody here is. Many times, many of us, we come to God and I know that you know that God is omnipotent. God is omniscient, God is El Shaddai. So there is nothing he doesn't have. Praise the Lord. So this can't even apply to him in that sense. However, many times we come to God requesting for what we think we want, what we want. But God looks at us, and because he's our maker, because he's our father, because he's the one who loves us beyond the greatest person, the person who loves us the most in the world, he does not give us what we want. He goes beyond what we want and does what? Gives us what we need. How many of us have had uncles whom you love because they gave you everything you wanted how many of us how many of us have grown up to find out that some of the things those uncles gave you were not good for you a lot of young men started smoking because uncles you want to try why wouldn't they give you you're not their son you're their brother's son why wouldn't they lead you into some place you're not their son but the father would always make sure that the only thing the child gets is what? Is what the child needs. One person is looking at the child's tantrum that will be thrown down. One person is, is looking at the child's destiny that will be seen forever. So God, because he sees you and I and pictures us into generations, does not often respond to us with what we want. And many are frustrated with God. Many are angry with God. Many are discouraged because they want something from God. And God has not given them what they want. God is busy what giving them what they need. In Luke 11, please. Let's look at Luke 11, verse 9 to 13, if you can put it together. These are some of the scriptures that, you know, lack of understanding has, you know, cost many of us to hold on to and get into quite some frustration as believers. This is what he says. He says, so I say to you, ask and it will be what? Given to you. Seek and you will what? Knock and it will what? He says, for everyone who asks, does what? And he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be open. Now look at what he says. If a son asks for bread from any father, notice, he's saying from any father, not uncle. Note that point. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? If he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Let's go on. Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? He says, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father do what? Give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. Now, if we go back, you see, he says, ask and eat. Go back. Ask and eat will be given. What is the eat there? Many times we we'll think that the eat is what we want. Now, if he's not a father, he will give you exactly what you ask for. Is someone with me today? But if he's a father, you know what he's going to give you? He's going to give you what you need for that moment, what you need for that circumstance. That explains many of what we call unanswered prayers. No, God answers every prayer, but he does not answer your wants because he's a father. He answers your need. It will be given. What is it? It is what you need. In this case, this man wanted silver, he wanted gold, or better still, some sympathy. Hey, yeah. But this people said, No, we look at you. You come here every day and you stop short of entering the temple. And the Bible says, people of God, that God commands that every Jewish male, at least. No matter how backsliding is, at least three times a year, must enter into the temple. With this man's condition, he could not enter the temple. One need this man had was he needed to qualify to be able to enter the temple. But throughout his stay, throughout his coming out daily, there was no meditation, no concert, no conference, trying to say, this man, this is a Jewish male. He needs to do what God said to do. He needs to be able to enter into the temple, but nobody thought about that. And the man himself was perfectly okay. Why? Because his wants was what being satisfied. So he would beg for money. He'll be giving money, and those who brought him out to come in the evening and say, "How was the day?" He'll say, "It was a good day. It was a good day. It was a good day. It was a good day." Why? Because he made some money. But inside of this man, something was lacking. His assignment as a Jewish male was that he had to go into the temple to worship God, the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, the God of his fathers. But this man was excluded completely from this process. And because every day what he wanted was being given to him, he forgot what he needed. My prayer is that somebody here this morning, by reason of being satisfied with what he wants, will not miss what he needs. In the name of Jesus. Let me help you because I might be speaking a bit of um, English today. What does want mean? Want means what I desire. What means something I wish for. Want means to seek to have or to achieve something. Okay? So I want something. I want, I want this. I want that. I want that. However, need, this is what need is need means something required in order to achieve a goal or success. It gets more interesting. He said, need is essential. Need is basic. Need is prerequisite. Praise the Lord. Need is a must. So this man had some things he wanted. But there were some things that were a must. According to Jewish tradition, or rather Jewish religion, there, if this man died not having entered the temple, he would die an apostate. Because he would not be a worshiper of God. But it was never considered as what he should look for. Everybody made effort to satisfy his name. And isn't that what the world is doing for us now? You see, if you are looking for business to get into, let me tell you one business you can get into entertainment. Praise the Lord. You know why? A lot of people are failures inside, a lot of people are frustrated inside. But you see, entertainment, there's so much entertainment. There's so much happening around us. The second one is bulls and, but I don't want anybody here to get into it. And, you know, substance and all of that. These are things that are external that are trying to create an answer to something that is lacking inside. So you want to go. You want to enjoy. You want to feel. You want to buy. For some people, the entertainment is buying. Okay, so they feel downcast. They go and do some shopping. Okay, but God help you. If you grew up in a large family, how many of us grew up in a family above eight eight and above? Okay, you would have known that sometimes. I remember as a young boy, I'll go to the market and buy maybe a pair of shoes that I thought was crazy. Then when I come back, my first brother will look at it and he'll cover his mouth. Another one will look at it, they'll cover their mouth. Then I'll be wondering what's wrong. It would be that the shoe I bought is the shoe for the Jewest of people. Now, now, you see, I bought this shoe to pose with it. Now, here are my own brothers. I haven't won. All of a sudden, this shoe that was to bring happiness, you know what it does? It brings sorrow. Sometimes, it may not even be the shoe itself. It will be, how much did you buy? I'll say 800 naira. They'll go into their wardrobe and bring out their own. They say, this is the same shoe, 100 naira. Has it happened to you? All of a sudden, the whole satisfaction goes. Because you see, we are in a world where we are trying to walk from the outside. We are trying to gather from the outside to satisfy something inside. But unfortunately for many of us, that need, God has kept it that only he can satisfy. So when they said to this man, silver and gold we do not have, but that which we do have what? We give to you. What did they say they had? They said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, everything man ever wanted Everything man would ever need. The Bible says there is no name given under heavens by which man shall be saved. Except what? The name of Jesus. Now, the name Jesus is not just for salvation. That is the name we are created by. The Bible says, John 1.1. saying the beginning was the word. The word was a God and the word was God. It says without him was nothing made that was made. Let me help you. The same way God said to the fish or rather to the waters it's said, let the waters bring forth what living creatures so the waters where the background where the raw material or the producing force of fish if you take a fish and keep it in this auditorium no matter how you love that fish and like that fish it's going to die you know why because that fish has been it won't die immediately that's the point it won't die immediately it might survive a few hours it might survive you know Five hours, six hours, they will be getting weaker. But can I tell you something? Do you know that's how everybody born into this world is? You're born and you're growing and you're strong. You're strong, you're strong. I'm becoming elderly now, but I'm still strong. Anyway, you're growing strong, 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 strong. You're going strong, strong, strong. Then you're growing strong. 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 You know what is happening? Because everyone who is born as a human being has been brought forth from God. Your life is only preservable forever, as long as you are in God. Everything we are doing here is an expiration run. That's why they are counting it. A year is actually years to expiration. When they say you're 70 years, they say 70 years, you haven't expired. I think it was Pastor Moody that told us that in Bini, there is an age a man will get to. Lume, you might confirm. His relatives will stand by the road with him. If a car is coming, they'll just push him. Pastor Moody, didn't you tell us that he say, ah, uh, 97 years, you don't want to die. 98, you don't want to die. Uh, so they say, uh, that, daddy, let's go somewhere. They just, <laughs> uh, let I expire, I beg, they're tired of waiting for you. Anyway, what I'm trying to say is this. Every human being is a produce of God. God made us. Jesus made us. And the journey we journey on this side on earth, Is a journey awaiting discovery of this maker so that we can come back to him and then a reset will be done into us. You see, what many of us don't understand when the Bible talks about unless a man be born again, you can change it if you don't like the word. It can say unless a man be born aright, unless a man be reconnected to his source, you can use that one. Unless a man be reconnected to his source. The same way the fish outside here will struggle, struggle after he dies and that's it, over. But if the same fish were left in the water, even though the fish would die after a while, okay? But the fish would have had generations. Now, for us, it's not the same because when we pass out here as children of God, we don't die, we transit into a better world. Praise the Lord, somebody. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. So Jesus, the name Jesus, is a need this man had, but it was not a need he was sensitive to. And brothers and sisters, the unfortunate side of it is that he was happy every day. He was happy. Someone says, I'm happy. Oh yes, I used to be happy. I used to be happy. Oh yes. Okay. Oh, you don't know. You say, I'm, I'm not missing anything. I'm enjoying life. That's what you think. You see? People say, um, you don't know what you have until you lose it, Abby, You say, you don't even know what you have until you get it. You see, there are some things you've not experienced. So, to you, is nothing. To you, is nothing. But when you experience it, you realize that, oh, this thing is in this world. I remember many years ago, about 18 years ago, when, you know, some member of the church used to tell me Dubai. In my mind, I said, there's no place, nothing like that. The first time I went to Dubai, I behaved like a bushman. I passed under the flyover. I was seeing suspended ceiling. I was seeing tiles, tiles, under flyover. And not um, cheap tiles. You know, tiles, the bigger they are, the more. Expensive. I was seeing tiles under flyover. This is how my neck kept turning. The taxi was passing. I was looking. You see, I could never imagine it until what? I saw it. And the more I saw I said, okay, so is this true? Now, what am I trying to say, brethren? This man was okay, unquote. But he was missing something. He was at the gate of the temple. He had never entered. When the day was over and people who came to the temple started trooping home. He would be amongst them. And little children would see all of them and say, Ah, you have all come from where? The temple. Nobody will know he never entered. I pray you will not stop at the gate. In the name of Jesus. I pray that your closest experience of God will not be church." Church is not the kingdom. Coming to church is not the kingdom. Let nobody deceive you. Let no pastor deceive you. There's an entering into it. There's a pressing in. Praise the Lord. There's a door. There's a gate that must be crossed. Anyway, so this man sat at this gate daily until this day came. And this Peter and John, you know what was the difference about them? Let me tell you the difference about them. These two men... Let's leave about they are not having money. We might get to that if God permits. These two men had what the Bible calls beautiful feet. If you can give me Isaiah 52 verse 7. The Bible says how beautiful are the feet of those. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news. Who proclaims peace. Who brings glad tidings of good things. Who proclaims salvation. Who says to Zion your God reigns. Romans 10, 14 and 15, will say the same thing. These men were men with beautiful feet. They were designers. Praise the Lord. They had something upon them. They had an anointing. The Bible says, God through us is diffusing the fragrance of Christ. Everywhere. These men, they had correct perfume. Designer collection. So when they met a man who was going the wrong direction, something had to happen. So they said to him, silver and gold we do not have. And brethren today, please, I'm not making excuses for not having silver and gold. Because you see, God in his majesty uses whether you have silver and gold or not. He still uses you. The only problem is this. Let me tell you what the problem is. The problem is this. That oftentimes, the attempt to hold on to silver and gold makes us allow God go. And we don't know when he's left. Because you see, every human being has how much he can manage at the same time. It was Lemuel, which we want to believe is Solomon, that said, do not give me too much, lest I forget and curse you. Okay? Anyway, so silver and gold, it doesn't necessarily make something bad. But Jesus teaching us said, you have to be careful. It is difficult for the rich to enter into the kingdom of God. He said they have to work extra hard. Why do they have to work extra hard? Because of this want and need. You see, if you're rich now and you're depressed, you can decide to fly to Zimbabwe. Where do people go? Rwanda. On vacation. You know? If a poor man is depressed, God have mercy if he's married. That's another child. Do you understand? But if a rich man is depressed, he'll go shopping. He'll travel. He'll do so many things. And in the process, he forgets the real cause of his depression. But if you don't have, your matter is there with you waiting. If you try, you go home. Nepa takes light. Nepah takes light. Landlord comes. Landlord comes, your neighbor starts his uh, machine that they used to grind their corn. Your wahala is right in front of you. You can't shift it to tomorrow. You have to deal with it. But this man, things kept going on. Anyway, we go back to him. So they said, silver and gold we don't have. But it does not mean I'm helpless to you. I have something. In essence, let me break it down. They said to this man, we don't have what you want. But what you need, we have. That's what God is saying to you, to you, to you, to you today. Jehovah said to tell you, what you want, I do not want, or rather I do not have to give you now, in a sense. Not that I can't. But what you need is my desire. The Bible says, it is the Father's word. Good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So in the account we read in Luke 11, he said, how much more shall the Father what? Give the Holy Spirit. Now, if you look at that in Matthew 7, it says, how much more shall the Father give good things to those who ask? What is a good thing? A good thing is what you need. A good thing is what you need. Because of time, let me start to round up. So this man, they said to him, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, he said what? Rise up and walk. And the power of God stretched through the hands of Peter and God, this man, jump up on his feet. And this morning, let me tell you, the power of God is present here. The presence of God is here. Nobody will need to touch you. Look at that I can let, let me show you something. He said, verse 6 says, Then Peter says, Even God I do not have, but what I do have, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and And he took him by what? The right hand and lifted him up. If you will stretch forth your faith today, Maybe not your physical arms. But reach out in your heart and say, Lord, I want a change. Lord, I've come to your house today. Let me go with what I need. For several days, for several months, for several years, I've been looking for what I want. Give me what I need. The same God. The Bible says, Jesus Christ is what? The same yesterday, today, and forever. He will meet you at the point of your need. In the name of Jesus. Okay, so this man needed as a Jewish male to get into the temple. Deuteronomy 16, 16. It says three times a year, all your males shall appear before the Lord. Must. They must appear. This is what the Lord required. So he needed to get into the temple. But for him to get into the temple, he needed to be made whole. For him to be made whole. He needed the power of God. He needed the name of Jesus. For him to receive the power of God. He needed to experience or encounter The servants of God. Somebody has come here today. And I humbly present myself as a minister of God. As a servant of God. To bring his word of deliverance. His word of healing. His word of salvation to you. After today, the Lord will tell you, I sent help to you. I sent an answer to you. Anyway, the story continues. So, this was what the man needed. He needed the power of God to change his situation. So, he could enter. Now, somebody is saying, so that what will happen? Let me show you what happened. The Bible says in verse 8. Okay, let me read from 7. He took him by the right hand and lifted him up. I mean, immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So, he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them. Doing what? Walking, leaping, and what? Praising God. Entering into the temple was the game changer. This man had never experienced the praise of God. Now the Bible says praise is beautiful. Praise is comely. Now all of a sudden, what this man saw from afar, he could experience inside. All of a sudden, instead of being situated at the gate beautiful, this man could be called beautiful. Why? Because praise was proceeding from him. Somebody praise will proceed from him today. In the name of Jesus all the while this man had never made it into the temple but he went home thinking he was satisfied all of a sudden the stories he heard about the Solomon's temple about the glory, about the priest about the sacrifices about the outer court, the inner court all of a sudden a whole new world this man could experience it all of a sudden he realized that truly silver and gold was what he wanted but he needed something greater he needed the name of Jesus he needed the forgiveness of sins He needed the power of God. He needed the bondage of the enemy broken off of him. All of a sudden, this man realized that life was more than stretching forth hands to collect. He became an active participator in the worship of Jehovah. Somebody might ask me, what's the big deal about that? Let me tell you the big deal. The big deal is that the Bible says, God has created all things. And they exist for his what? Pleasure. If you drive here, you renew your license. If you have a vehicle here, you renew your license. What the driving license and your vehicle license says is that the Federal Republic of Nigeria gives you permission to drive. It gives you permission to drive that car on their road. Now, worship, praising God is heaven saying, you have permission to live. The only guarantee anybody can have to be certain of a glorious future is that the purpose for which God made him is fulfilling today. He has made all things what for his pleasure. They're existing just to give him pleasure. So from this man being a creation on earth amounting to nothing, all of a sudden the angels could take up their books. I say, we have a worshiper. We have a worshiper. And they look down and say, who? They say, "Is that man. And they say, oh, he has joined. May your name be recorded today in the name of Jesus. What am I saying, child of God? I'm saying, Saz and Mars. I'm begging us. We have come here today. God says, some of us, we're in different areas of needs. All our needs are not the same. I forgot to mention from the very first verse, it says Peter and John went to the temple at the hour of prayer. For some of us that are here, God said to tell you, you need to wake up in the place of prayer. You need to get up. So, gee, you need to get up in the place of prayer. You're a Christian, I want to beg you. Prayer is not what you decide to do. The Bible says, interestingly, Luke 11, 1, you can put it. The disciples of Jesus said to him, He said, Master, teach us to pray. Look through the Bible. You will never see the disciples say to Jesus, Teach us to walk miracles. You will never see them say to Jesus, Teach us to multiply bread and fish. But they said to him, Teach us to pray. Now, if the Son of God, who came from heaven, needed to pray, what about us? Now, teach us to pray again, quickly. Is teach us how to pray, which is what many of us understand it to me. But beyond teaching us how to pray, they were saying, teach us the import of prayer. Put us, you know, in the know that we need to what? We need to pray. Teach us to acquire the habit of prayer. So, some translations called up Acts 3.1. It says, at prayer meeting. Many believers don't like anything. called a thing, prayer meeting. Already, they have to find an alternative. Somebody is delivered today in the name of Jesus. You can be a Christian and then, you know, prayer meeting, you know, revolt. No, you can't feel revulsion because of prayer. That is life. That's our power. You must pray. You don't know what to pray. Jesus. Jesus. He will answer you. Praise the Lord. Teach us to pray. Prayer meeting. They were going for prayer meeting. The Bible says the effective, fervent. Prayer of the righteous man does what? Avails much. Some people say Nigerians, we're always talking about prayer Nigerians. Please, maybe Rwanda was not talking about prayer. Maybe Sheraloon was not talking. The problems we've had as a nation, Rwanda didn't have it before their problem started. Sheraloon didn't have it before their problem. So do you know whether it's the prayer of the righteous that is preserving us where we are? Who knows how terrible it would have been? This might be too open to tell you, but there are many nations, many noble nations, unquote, who don't want Nigeria to make it. I hope you know that. So it's not just about some people up north. No. The forces against Nigeria. So you you can't take prayer for granted as a Christian. No, you can't. You can't. We must pray. So as I try to round up today, I've come to say to somebody here, Jehovah sent me to tell you, I have what you need. And truly, somebody is here who needs healing. Jesus said to tell you, I'm a healer. With my stripes, you were healed. Somebody needs peace. Like for this man now, one of the things I was told he got was that he got peace with God. Every time he sat at the gate and people entered and came out, he had to be convicted. We don't know how old he was. But he would calculate if, he, if it was 30 years or 40 years or whatever, from 12 years or so, He started calculating times three, how many times I should have gone in, I didn't go in. So there was condemnation in his heart. But that very day when he entered, the man got what? Peace with God. Somebody will live here having peace with God. Another thing this man must have had is that he must have now all of a sudden saw his future open to him. You see, as a beggar, he was dependent on the kindness and magnanimity of the people who he sought. But all of a sudden, he could ask God, what was I born for? Somebody will receive an encounter today. And you begin to work to unfold and unpack the purpose for which God gave birth to you. For which God brought you forth into his word. What am I saying, people of God? You have come here and Jehovah is saying, tell them. Their wants will not satisfy them. How do I know, preacher man? This man sat there daily. Daily. It means after yesterday, he needed to do to what? Come today. After today, he still needed to do what? To come tomorrow. It doesn't satisfy. Jesus said to the woman at the well, he said there is water that I will give you to drink. If you drink this water, what will happen? Say you will thirst no more. You will not need to come again. That's what we are talking about. God wants to bring himself into your life. So that you don't keep reaching out, you don't keep stretching out, you don't keep pushing, you don't keep stressing. And then at the end of the day, you look at yourself, Solomon the wise man. You know, I love the word of God because it is so complete. You see, there are some things that if he missed out of the word of God, there would have been some, you know, commands here and there. They told us Solomon, Solomon said, I withheld. Nothing that my heart desired from myself. Solomon was saying that everything I wanted, I got it. Praise the Lord, somebody. Solomon said everything that my heart desired. I know he could afford it. Praise God. I don't want to talk about women, but um, if you're married here, just thank God for your husband. Because, I mean, the example of Solomon was how many? Five or six. More than how many? Praise the Lord, one thousand. I think his old age that made him stop. Because daily he thought, if I get the Ethiopian one, after some time, he says Brazilian, they will tell him no. Have you tried the Congo Pygmies? Everything he desired, everything he imagined, everything he wanted, he got. Was it building projects he built? Was it horses he bought? Was it travel? He traveled. Everything you could imagine. Solomon said, there was nothing, nothing, nothing. Nothing. So, if you want to prove my sermon, please go and look at Solomon. He got everything he wanted. But what did he tell us at the end? He said, the conclusion of the matter is what? Fear God and keep his word. He said, for this is what the whole, he said, this is the only thing man needs. Let's bow down our heads. Jehovah has sent me to you today. I didn't tell you that at the name of Jesus, the Bible says, you call on him. He will come and forgive you your sins. I didn't want to talk about the man's sins because you and I have enough experience of our sins. Of our guilt. Of our inadequacies. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible even tells us that if a man says he has not sinned, he's a liar. One of the things you and I need, which is the basic thing we need, is that we need cleansing of our sins. We need peace with God. We need to be on talking terms with God. Nobody will quarrel with you and quarrel with you for his life. And then when it's over, i will come and knock on your door and say, I want to relocate to your house. You will not open the door. The Bible says God is angry with sinners every day. But he didn't stop at that. He made a provision through his son Jesus. That whosoever calls upon that name shall be saved. Today, somebody is here. And you need to call on that name. You need to call, say, Jesus, I've tried. My wants have been met. And for some of us, daily, we, every day we meet it. But every night, we toss and turn on the bed with emptiness. And we wake up in the morning realizing that wasn't it. But today, Jesus is saying, silver and gold, I'm not giving to you. I've not come to tell you God is going to bless you. God is going to multiply. God is going no, no, no. That's not what I've come to tell you. Indeed, silver and gold I don't bring to you. But that which I have, the name that opens doors, the name that is recognized in heaven, The name that demons in your sleep, for some of us here, you may not be born again, but you bear witness to me that in your sleep, when enemies that you can't tell came against you in your sleep, it was that name, Jesus, that made you to be able to wake up. For some of us, you've been in accidents, like I told of myself, and when there was no hope again, you shouted that name, and deliverance came for you. Today, that name is available to do an eternal and final work in you. This man was born lame. But he did not end lame. You can decide today. To end completely differently. From the way you started. This is a day of thanksgiving. And what we are thanking him for. Is for that name. Is for that name. Let's be talking to the Lord. Let's be talking to the Lord. Somebody is sick in the body. You came to church today. The doctors have said to you. There is no solution for this. Or you need to keep yourself on drugs for life. The devil is a liar. Jesus is a healer. He makes all things new. Healing is in the house today. For somebody, your relationship is bitter. People look at you and envy you. But change is going to come. Because our God gives beauty for ashes. He will come in and change you and change your partner. But most importantly, what must happen now is that you must call upon that name.
0: Listening to a message by Pastor Ike Naokeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Barnex, Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja, for telephone 09 290 9000 or 07 03 You can find us online at www. The Father's Church God bless you.